Beating the wine consumption. <laughs> goals, man. Priorities. Hashtag podcast goals. Podcast goals. Well, since we do have this new shiny equipment. Cord Killer podcast. Drink a lot of wine. That's right. That's right. Except for you can't drink wine because you have to drive the babysitter home. Dope. So you're going the opposite way with coffee. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be up all night, and I'm going to be like, blah. Crushing out. Or I'll be really jazzed because we just recorded a great podcast. Because a great podcast. Who doesn't love a great podcast? That's right. Well, I guess we should probably do this thing. All right. I'm ready. All right. Okay. Well, hey. Hey. This is Coach and Kimberly with you, hanging out. And today, we're bringing to you a fun and exciting episode of Team Dynamics. What do we call this? Team Dynamics. I don't know what we're calling it. Team Dynamics is super cool. Uh, Team Dynamics for the creative individual. (laughs) (laughs) For the creative individual. Um, I don't like this beginning. (laughs) You like this beginning or you don't? Don't. You do not. Seriously, though, we'll cut this part out, but what should we call this? I don't think we should just call it Team Dynamics. So we're... Talking about how think, team wait, dynamics is how good to for the stop, chicken soup soul. How to stop conflict from sucking the life out of your team. Oh. That's what we called it last time. Yes. See, we recorded this episode before, and it was awesome, and then the, the sound was terrible. Oh my gosh, guys. So, you would not believe. It was unlistenable. After I got over my grieving process, um, <laughs> we're recording it again for you guys. You're welcome. Yep. With shiny new equipment. It's true. We have mic stands now and everything. And everything. It's fancy. We have a soundboard. Our sound <laughs> oh, is now yeah. coming in in two channels. So if you want to, you could go back to a previous episode and then see the difference between one channel and two channels. And maybe we're just nerdy and there really isn't much of a difference. But we're hoping <laughs> we're hoping there is because um, we invested some dollars in this podcast because we love you guys. That's right. Just for you. Just for you. So tonight in our episode, How to Stop Conflict from Sucking the Life Out of Your Team. That's a great title, by the way. <laughs> you wrote that title. I did write that title. That's why I think it's great. Ben always <laughs> writes the titles because mine are always super dry and nerdy. And mine are always like, I'm a circus clown. Here's a title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a monkey. Ooh, ooh, ee, ee. I'm a monkey. And it, it, it is important to note here like that bananas. in high school, I actually did take clown training. You did not. I did. What? How do I not know that? I did. I, there, I posted a, a picture of my clown <laughs> like handbook and everything on Facebook. Some people just turn this off. They're like, what about these clowns? <laughs> Why am I listening to this? And the clown handbook. Oh, my true. gosh. It is true. It makes sense. I'm a classically trained clown. I'm actually not that shocked. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> <laughs> the coach was a, a cheerleader and a radio DJ. He managed a roller rink. All those things are true. Classically trained clown. Coach is cooler than me. I'm just multifaceted. That's all. You're you're either more fun or (laughs) more obnoxious. More obnoxious. They're not mutually exclusive. (laughs) That's right. We should probably talk about you know actual content. All right. Fair enough. So, so team dynamics. We all know that workplace conflict sucks. Sucks. Oh my gosh. I've been um, running around a little bit with the freelance community in Austin, which is really rad. And a lot of why people freelance is because they're just tired of workplace drama. They like to work from home in their pajamas where no one will bother them. No one will stop them by the water cooler and say, did you hear what so-and-so said? Oh, my God. Nobody will cock block you when you're trying to do a project. You just use the phrase cock block. I did. <laughs> It's okay because our podcast is listed as explicit now, <laughs> explicit. so I can totally swear and use things like um, words like cock block in my podcast. Oh, good to know. All right. <laughs> well, we definitely swear occasionally. We love Jesus, but we swear a little, to quote a Betty little. White, right? Is that Betty White? Uh, Maybe it's the lady who calls in Ellen drunk. Might calls be, in what? Calls in to Ellen, and she's like drunk, and she says, Ellen, I love Jesus, but I swear a little. Isn't that like Jen Hatmaker? 
the lady who calls him Ellen drunk? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think no. I no, I like I think that's like a quote from Jen Hammaker. No, maybe. I don't think so. No? Okay. She might be quoting someone. I I don't think she originated that quote. All right. All right, Google. Here we oh go. Oh my gosh, we are recording a podcast right now. Yeah, well. <laughs> so here's the thing. Workplace conflict sucks. So let's come back to this. Okay? All right, all right, all right. So Ben and I, for our company, we, we run this company. It's called Creation Curve Leadership, and we primarily do two things. We work with leaders, and then we work with teams. And one is the extension of the other, but one of the things that I focus on is what I call team dynamics, and it usually begins with a conversation where a leader or someone who's part of a team is saying to me, I cannot handle working with these people anymore it is so difficult to get anything done in my job because everybody's driving me crazy. Like, oh my gosh, am I like in high school again? And leaders, I mean, leaders often, managers will say like, I can't believe how much of this I have to deal with. I feel like I am, you know, chaperoning recess, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm back in high school and it's he said, she said, and everybody's whispering and there's the meeting after the meeting and it's all sorts of crazy. And usually that's when they give me a call and they say, hey, uh, could you come help our team build a better culture? Because we are no longer getting anything done <laughs> in our company anymore. And so that's where I step in. And we begin a process to, to create a better culture for a team so that conflict doesn't rob the team. You know what? Just as a quick note about that, literally at the bus stop, a friend of mine was telling me the other day while we were waiting for the kids to get on the bus stop, um, he works at a startup and he was talking about how there was a part of the company they were not releasing like like the instructions and content to another part of the company. Oh, that sounds really fun. I mean, just like, they're like no, <laughs> we're not going to give it to you. Uh, no, like, no one needs to make you, money here as much as I need to be what's right. What's your problem? <laughs> you're all working for the same team. Your, oh, your paycheck no, comes not. from the same source. Not anymore. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> well, you know... Um, what do you think is at the root of workplace conflict? Oh, there? because people are sociopaths and evil. Yeah, I think I think mostly uh, people are evil. That's all. Actually, I don't think that's the case. It's not true at all. I think we come home when we <laughs> say to our friends or our husband, this person that I work with, I think they're evil. They're sabotaging me. They're terrible. Or they're crazy. You know, most of no. your coworkers are neither evil or crazy. They might be. I mean, everybody's a a little crazy. I mean, it depends how you define it, but generally they're not certifiable or evil. Usually not. The thing that is at the cause, I think, of workplace conflict is that people are different. (gasps) So when you hear people talking about workplace conflict, they say things like, I would never have done that. How could he do that? Or how could she say that to him? That is not okay. And so there's an idea of, what, whatever just happened, that would never have happened if it was me. And so the, the light bulb to start with is, well, it's not you. That person <laughs> is not you. They would do that because they're not you. You might not do that, but they would do that because people are different and people are complex. To quote a guy from 1961, there's this... Um, a guy. <laughs> <this> <laughs> We're quoting okay, a guy. Let's, let's just start that sentence over. That's okay. This is good. I like quoting a guy. This is good. There's this guy. W.H. Prentice, right? W.C.H. Prentice. Oh, I got them this one wrong. <laughs> he, he published this article in the Harvard Business Review in 1961, and it was groundbreaking. It's kind of, kind of a big deal, right? And Harvard's in this Business article, Review. he told all of these bigwig business guys, hey, people are complex and people are different. That's blasphemy. What? People are all robots and they're just cogs from the machine. There's just another brick in the wall. <laughs> Thank you, Pink Floyd. I was going to say, you want a little Pink Floyd there. Yeah. But at this time, you know, in our individualistic society, we're like, yeah, of course people are different and complex. We are all special snowflakes. But in 1961, it was still in the factory mindset of employment. And so the there was this idea. Industrial Revolution. I mean, it was after the Industrial Revolution. Oh, right. 1961. <laughs> Not 1861. 1861. <laughs> when was the Industrial Revolution? I was like, I any know. date that I say here is probably wrong. I don't know. It was after the Newsies, but before, <laughs> before postmodernism. <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh hold God, up. I'm, I just said the stupidest thing. 
Okay. No, it's okay. We can cut it in the post, but we won't. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> the Industrial Revolution. Oh Let's gosh. just look it up here. Okay, here we Welcome go. Welcome to our podcast where over and over again we Google shit in the middle of the podcast. Because <laughs> that's, that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to drink a little wine. Stand by. Well, evidently, it was sometime between, you know, about in 1762, about 1820 to 1840. Oh, we were wrong. Yeah, anyway, we were off, it was know. 1961, so not during the Industrial Revolution. Back check! But still during a time when managers felt like people were more or less interchangeable. So what we needed to do was hire someone with enough intelligence to do a job, and then we would train them to do that task, and then they would do it, and then everybody would rake in the money. So W.C.H. Prentice, he was saying in this article, hey, guess what? People are complex and different, and what works to train one person won't work to train another person, and one person might be happy in this role, and another person might not be happy in this role. And what people need is different because they're complex and different. And he went on to say that leaders must enlist the motivation and active participation of everyone in an organization, which was groundbreaking. If you are the CEO then you don't really care very much about the like minimum wage people who are pushing buttons in your factory. But WCH Prentice did care about those people. He said, you're going to make more money and your company's going to be healthier if every single person is engaged. And caring about every person's engagement means actually caring about those people. Oh, come on. You right. Mean, you you got to care. <laughs> you have to care. I, I can't say not that much because you do have to care. That's the whole, yeah. per- that's the whole foundation of this thing is that you have to care, but that's hard. When you have conflict on your team, if you've ever managed a team or been part of a team that has deep, deep conflict, then you know it robs your team of a lot of things. It robs your company of money and time and creativity and energy and focus Suddenly, nothing is really working right, even if it doesn't get to the point of like Ben's friend. What, where they're the just not giving stop, each other the stuff where they they're need. like literally sabotaging <laughs> the company. Oh, you need that code? Nah, no, nah, <laughs> you're not allowed you to you do that. your job. <laughs> but often, there's a lot of there's a lot of backbiting and things that are they're pulling away from the energy for a task because people don't feel valued they don't feel like they have a voice they don't feel like their opinion matters they don't feel like it matters whether they do their job or don't do their job they don't feel like they're doing the right job for what their gifting is and so we need we need to get to a better place in our teams so we know that people are different we know that people are complex you know but of course we have the we have the answer to this already right i mean the, the answer is you, you lead people how you would want to be led. You treat people how you want to be treated, right? That's the, you, that's you, the you golden rule. People. So you lead people. That's, the, uh, that's the, the Bell's palsy happening. Oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> this is your Boston accent or something. <laughs> okay. My Boston accent needs some work too, but you know. The first thing that needs to happen is that a manager has to decide to care about their people. If you want to be a good leader, you have to give a shit. Okay, so that's the first thing. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> you have to care. <laughs> and, and yes, that much. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah, that much. So, but the second thing that usually happens is that the person says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to care about these people and I'm going to lead them like I would like to be led. They go back to their kindergarten golden rule, treat people like you'd like to be treated. And that is a really good start. It's great for kindergarten. It's especially good for kindergarten when we have a kindergartner and he is trying to figure out while he is the center of his universe, which is developmentally appropriate, how do you care about other people and not do things to them that you would not want them to do to you? It's very important in kindergarten to understand the golden rule. But as adults and as leaders, we need to move one more step up the ladder and treat people like they would like to be treated. Because the, the truth is that people are different from you. So the thing that you want may not be the thing that they want. The thing that affirms you may not be the thing that affirms them. The, thing, the way that you receive criticism well may not be the way that they receive criticism well. The way that you resolve conflict may not be the way that they resolve conflict. And so we, instead of just knowing ourselves, we need to take the time and energy to know the people that work with us and for us 
so that we can lead them and, and work alongside them in the way that they would like to interact with us, which takes a lot more. Effort. That sounds hard. It, it is. That's why most people don't <laughs> do it. It's hard. That's why most of the time. It's too hard. When people do something that we would never do, we say, that guy is an asshole. Instead of, that guy is different than me. What do they bring to the table that I'm not seeing? And what's their perspective? Do I understand their perspective? Probably not, because that's the reason for the conflict. <laughs> that's why you have so much conflict with <laughs> Which is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just go figure, right? Right. Go figure. Are you feeling like you're lost in your own life? You know that there's something better, and you even know what that something looks like, but you just can't seem to get there? Or maybe you start, make a little progress, and all of a sudden, whammo, life happens, and now you feel hopelessly lost and far away from your goal. Try a new approach to figuring out what's going on in your life, the Creation Curve Compass Planner, from our friends at Creation Curve Leadership. The Compass Planner is values-based, a different model than that old planner you buy every year and stop using around the second week of February. The best part? It's free, printable, and super easy. Just go to creationcurve.com slash compass and tell our friends, Coach and Kimberly, where to send it. That's creationcurve.com slash compass for your free values-based planner. If you're done getting lost in your own life, stop living by the clock and start living by your values. had comedy gold there and you erased it i'm sorry it was at your expense (laughs) well comedy most of your comedy is (laughs) 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 do you think you're ready to podcast now would you like another break would you like to do a little dance do we need an intermission would you like to get a snack Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Remember when we were podcasting? Popcorn can't be beat. (laughs) Remember a time when we podcasted and you just broke into strange theater songs? Oh, that's all the times. Let's be honest here. It is. (laughs) It's because you went to cloud school. I did go to clown school. True story. Actually, there's just like a clown workshop to be to me. Truth, like truth is actually diet cold. clown school. Yeah, it's clown, clown light. light. It's like not nearly as funny as everyone else. It's kind of mildly amusing. You're like just kind of like dry and angry clown. Like a little bit, a little bit sarcastic. A lot of the middle finger. A little sarcasm, yeah. All right, so. Now it's time for the podcasting to begin again. Don't get me wrong. The leader of a team is going to have the potential to really affect the culture in a way that no one else can. Right, right. They don't always. Sometimes someone else is really, they're giving away the culture of their team in a lot of ways. But when a leader decides to really invest in their team and in the culture of their team, they they are the one with the most... Um, with the, the biggest leg up in that, of course. Right, the, most, the most positional power. Right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And the first thing that I would say to leaders is, the thing about leaders is that it's really easy if you are a leader, if you get to do the hiring, or if you have influence over who you work with, or even who you have dinner with, or who you go to church with, or whatever, we tend to surround ourselves with people who are the most like us. We say, we have good chemistry with those people, or... I really resonate with them and it means we're res- to resonate means like we're we're singing the same note that's it's a musical term you know like you right. and I are already singing the same song and so we really like each other and in the workplace you don't get to usually pick the people that you hang around with in some kind of way you don't get to pick you might get to hire them if you're the leader but otherwise you just show up on the team and your leader hires people and you have to deal with those people and that's why workplace conflict is like high school because in high school you don't get to pick who sits next to you in class either, <laughs> right? You don't get to pick your classmates. It's true. So you it's have true. drama. You know, we avoid drama through affinity. But in the workplace, that is not always possible and it's actually not good. 
And that is, you know, we could make a whole podcast around why you should surround yourself with people who are different from you. Mm, Um, One of the things that we talk about in Creation Curve Leadership and do workshops around is a concept called collective intelligence, which has to do with putting people who have different skill sets and perspectives and um, biases and talents and drives all around the same room and somehow the sum they, they they together are better than the sum of their parts um and and it actually really serves your company now if you are a leader and you hire people who are mostly like you then you're you're going to have less conflict with those people but you also are going to have less intelligence on your team you know a lot of <laughs> leaders <laughs> It's Does true. that mean that if you pick people who are just like you, your team gets stupider? Um, a little. I mean, it sounds funny, but <laughs> you have less intelligence on your team. Your team gets I mean, dumber when you're way. just all about you. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> let's say that you could clone yourself. A lot of leaders say, "If I could just clone myself, yep. so that there were six of me, then everything would run smoothly in my company." So let's say that you could make six coach robots, and then you could just run a company. How much intelligence do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds meaner like, than I mean it to be. The opposite. I just, <laughs> I just mean you You still only have your intelligence. That's true. Right? That's you have true. one person's intelligence. You still only and have, you have the clown. <laughs> you have six clown. clowns now. You have one clown's <laughs> intelligence. You have six clowns that all do the same thing. <laughs> like a punchline somewhere in there. You have more you have more hands but only one set of intelligence, okay? And a lot of teams work as if every person on the team is just an extension of the leader. The leader says just do everything that I do. Let me just train you to be exactly like me. And so, cuz I'm the greatest. <laughs> right, cuz I'm obviously I'm the, the most important person in the whole world. <laughs> um, yeah. So, there's a little bit of narcissism in leadership. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> we would never find any narcissism in any leadership There's roles. There's no narcissism <laughs> in leadership. So, to have to access collective intelligence does require some acknowledgement that maybe you need some things in your team that you don't personally bring to the table. <gasps> this is a whole different podcast, the collective intelligence piece. Just a, just a little beginning for us. It would be a good one, though. We should do it soon. We should do that podcast soon. But not today. Not today. Today, just making sure conflict doesn't suck the life out of your team. <laughs> right, right. So, coming back to that idea. Avoiding the vampires know, of if, leadership. Are you done? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, if you are a good leader, you have surrounded yourself with people who are different than you and different from each other. And then there will be conflict. But there is a way to build a culture that prepares people to be surrounded by people who are different than them. Okay, so here's the thing that happens. When someone is different than you, your gut instinct is that person is wrong. Okay, so let me give you... Wrong! Or evil or, you know, a swear word. But... (laughs) Insert your favorite swear word here. I, today we were driving in the car and I didn't want to say ass hat, so I said, you know, a blank hat. And Jack said from the backseat, what's a blank hat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that might not be better. <laughs> He's trying yeah. to figure out now which swear word goes in front of hat. <laughs> um, he starts spinning through the, through the iterations he knows. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's going to get in a lot of trouble in school. His parents are not, um, well, you know, I don't know. His parents are great, what are you saying? His parents are fucking awesome, the best ever. We should all be just like us. <laughs> okay. Of course. All right, all right, all right. All Coming right. back. Okay. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about right now? Uh, okay. Leadership. Let me give you... <laughs> Okay. Pause. I'm sorry. (laughs) Stop being an ass hat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being a blank hat right now. Thank you very much. 
It's been Swear Words with Coach E. Kim. (laughs) (laughs) How to swear, but not really swear. Stop. How am I supposed to start over (laughs) if you keep talking? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Just shut up. All right. Are you done now? Yes. (laughs) Oh, I forgot what we're talking about. (sighs) Let me give you an example. Examples are good. So some people are extroverted and some people are introverted. And mm. most people have some idea of what that means. And that idea is a little bit wrong from how it was originally intended. But that is not what this podcast is about. And so some people are energized by being around people. And some people are drained by being around people. And as you're listening to this, you probably just resonated with one of those sentences. Unless you're an ambivert and then you like all of the things. So let's say that you are on a team full of extroverts and you have one introverted person. So all of your extroverts are like working at a table together and they're getting stuff done and then they pause and they look over each other and they chat, 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 chat. And they say, so you got any plans for the weekend and blah, blah, blah. And the introvert is like, please kill me now. Shut up. (laughs) I can't do any work. I'm so tired of these people talking to me. And so I'm going to invest in a tranquilizer gun. So all you people just (laughs) shut up, (laughs) shut up. All right. Your introvert is a psychopath. (laughs) Okay. This is just a, this, this example, (laughs) this example is just a, a average run of the mill, you know, solid, good person, introvert. Okay. Okay, so maybe not tranquilizer gun. Hey, remember when we were making a podcast and I was sharing an example? Right, okay. right, okay. So, <laughs> so the, let's say we're all at the, oh my God, I've been drinking wine, people. Okay. This is coach on coffee. <laughs> Actually, this is just coach all the time. All let's, the time. Get, let's get on. All the that. time, That's, that is the truth. Okay, so coming back to our table, everybody is sitting around the table and they're talking and this person gets up and picks, packs up their computer and walks away without a word. What is the first thing you think? Oh, they're mad. Oh, they are oh, mad. They what hate is us. his problem? Oh, they're, did we say Obviously they bad? don't want to be part of this team. Right. That guy is a jerk. Okay. So now what do you have? Us versus them. Yeah. Was, yeah. Us versus that guy. That guy. Because um, that guy is obviously, there's something wrong with him because he's not he's not in the team, bro. The winning answer to that question was conflict. We need to take him to CrossFit class. Oh, my God. Not all extroverts do CrossFit. <laughs> <sighs> what is wrong with you? Do you know how long I've been giving this example? <laughs> Too long. People have, like, tuned out. They're, like, listening to a totally different podcast They're now. listening to this just for the jokes. <laughs> like, Come on. this introvert. I don't care anymore. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. That guy is not a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's actually just trying to do his work. So that is the point. Okay. So trying he, to get my stuff done, oh bro. Oh, my God. Stop talking. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. I'm done. Some of this podcast has to have actual information. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> says just, who they just spit says out who? coffee right now <laughs> okay here's the point that i'm making okay make this point bring Honey. it home bring it home baby it's that in between all the jokes of our podcast there is in theory actual content and you you have to occasionally just like stop making jokes so that the content can happen i love you <laughs> So he's not a jerk. It's just, you know, he wants to get his work done. Come on. He's actually probably one of your best employees. He <sighs> maybe is up against a deadline and all the talking is getting, you know, it's interrupting his mental process. And so he picks up his stuff and he doesn't want to make a scene. So he just quietly walks away from the table and he's thinking, I just really need to get this project done. Mm. But when he walks away from the table, people are, they're chatting about him. They're saying, Right, they're, they're, they're saying, what is that guy's problem, you know? And so... Um, Dude, what's his problem? So now he's the asshole. Why is he the asshole on the team? Because he's not. He just wants because to get his stuff done, bro. Because he's different. Wait, 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 wait. I know I got this. People are different. People are different. And they're complex. And so here's the thing about human beings. 
we do not instinctually recognize difference in each other as a good thing. However, if you have diversity of perspective and talent on your team, you will have better results. It's proven again and again and again. So rather than trying to make sure there's no diversity on your team and everybody's exactly the same, we need a way to approve that people are different. We need a different kind of way to speak about differences other than what a jerk. So when teams are experiencing a whole lot of conflict, the first thing that I do is I come in and I map their team using some kind of tool so that we can start to establish a language of value around each other's differences. If we can look at someone and say, you are different than me and I'm actually really glad because you being different than me means we'll have less blind spots on our team. It means that we'll be able to do things that I can't personally do. It means that we've got a well-rounded perspective. It means that we are more intelligent as a team. We can have Let's say you have six people on your team. If you make space for it, you will have six people's intelligence and creativity working on the same project. That's six times the intelligence. <laughs> That's how innovation New and, improved. and creativity and productivity happen. But so often what happens is that one person's personality is affirmed and respected. Usually it's the boss. And then everybody else just shuts down and they do the task like a robot. And how much intelligence do you have on the team then? Just one person's. So what we need is a way for people to appreciate each other's differences rather than hate them. And that is not something that comes naturally to most people. That's hard sometimes. It's very hard. You know, I... I teach it for a living. Like, I come into teams and I create and give give voice to a language of value in teams and i'm still irritated when people are different than me (laughs) it's very hard you know i like people who are like me it's actually something i've had to come to terms with the more i teach this the more i'm like man i have to practice that because i have a i have a high value of practicing what you what you preach you know And so I want to be a practitioner of this. I want, when people irritate the crap out of me, I want to think, where are they really coming from, you know? Instead of thinking, that person is such a jerk, you know? And it's something that, it takes takes work. It takes a shift of mindset. And so what we need is to create a language of value. Yeah, I think the term practitioner is a really interesting term because, you know, so this is is an alternate practice from the mainstream. You know, yeah, this definitely. is these are not the things that are that are currently practiced. I mean, obviously, because if they were, then we wouldn't have so many cluster us forever <laughs> in oh our gosh. in our shops because and it happens all the time. You know, it happens between companies, especially between companies. Is sometimes I'm in meetings, you know, in the IT world, and listening to these people it just makes it just it's like like fingernails across the chalkboard and they're so slow and they're so precise and like, okay, so, so we need to bring computers, right? And I'm kind of like, oh yeah. So what you're saying is you hate slow, precise people. No, no. I'm just saying that, you know, I have to remember in you the back of my mind, <laughs> I am not slow nor precise. So there's, there's that, but, um, um, it's probably not exactly true, but, you know, the, you know, my, my brain goes at a very different pace, you know, and I, and I take a lot of assumptions, you know, and there's a lot of folks, they don't assume anything, you know, and they want to go over every single little detail piece. And that's a different, you know, and there's when we're, when we're practicing, when, I, when I'm practicing, you know, when I'm in these meetings with the, with these folks, Oftentimes, as they're going through the the little bitty gritty details, there's something that comes out. They're like, "Oh, yeah, would have missed that. That would have been a downer." <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I mean, even though I'm not, you know, in that you know, in that slow, precise, I want to be up and moving and kicking. I'm like, "Well, figure it out as we go along, baby." You know, and so that's not always the best way. You know, right? Shocking. Yeah. Right. The story of my life. (laughs) 
you know, honey, that may not be the best way. Like, I'm no, going. Let's go do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Well, welcome, welcome to our life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that I'm slow and precise, but I, com- in comparison to you, I'm slow <laughs> in and precise. In comparison to me, oh yeah, oh yeah. Anyway, so that was my story. That was my example. That was my contribution to the conversation. Other than, you know, cracking jokes. So so perhaps a better transition would have been, tell me more about this language of value. So this language of value practicing, let's talk about this thing. So um, so what kind of things, you know, because there's a lot of people who are thinking, okay, well, this sounds cool. Okay, I get this, but how do I get there? You know, so 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 bring bring us home to this. Bring us home to this language of value thing. When you are just starting to create a language of value in your team, you're trying to, especially if you're trying to shift the culture where people have not been kind to each other and people have been living in conflict and polarity. The best thing that that I find is to use a tool that gives you an easy shorthand. And so, what I usually do is I walk into a team, I sit down with the leader. I hear about the team's problems, and then I map them all using a tool like uh, Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder or Enneagram. Ooh, Enneagram. (laughs) Although Enneagram, your team has to be pretty tight because Enneagram goes real deep into your crap. So like, if nobody knows each other and all of a sudden it's like childhood wounds, people are like, what are you doing to me? bro. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Gets a little crazy if you really dig down into it. And so... um, I, I like Enneagram for teams that have been together for a long time, and it, it can be really, really useful. But Finders is very positive. Myers-Briggs talks about preferences, and there's other tools. If you have a tool that you prefer um, that you can use, to me, I feel like pick your poison. There, There's probably 100 tools where you can map oh, your yeah. team. But as soon as you start discussing and giving some language to the way that I am different from the person next to me, in a positive way, then we have the beginnings of a language of value. We can begin to say, here's what you bring to the table. And it is different than the way that I'm wired, but it has something of value for our team. And so um, once you start to do that, you can short circuit a lot of conflict. Because um, let, me, let me tell you a story. So six or seven years ago, I took a job at a church in a ministry um, that was directed towards 20-something people. And my job was to do community things, groups, and, um, you know, creating creating culture and team dynamics, but I just didn't call it that at the time. And the person that I worked with the closest was uh, the pastor of the ministry. And as I started to work with him, we, we originally had, had a fair amount of friction, um, partially because... He's a really task-oriented person, and he would—he had an idea of what he wanted to get done. He wanted to get done. He didn't really want to slow down to have conversations with people. Everything kind of needed to be scheduled. He kind of—at um, first, I really didn't—I I just felt like he didn't care about people. And then I felt like, well, you know, church is about people, so how do you even do this job? And I, I was pretty judgmental toward him. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I felt like I was there to, like, fix some things. And then early on in my, in my role there, we, as a team, sat down and took the StrengthsFinder assessment. And StrengthsFinder divides up the things that you're good at into four themes, four quadrants. Um, and my boss, he overwhelmingly was good at tasks. He, he was really good. His, one of his top talent themes in StrengthsFinder was Activator. And, and Activator is a person who, once they know where they need to go, can make it happen really quickly. They can put the, the people in place and the things in place to make things happen. Um, I actually have never worked with someone since then that is as much of an Activator as this person. Uh, it, was, it was just, like, bewildering how fast he could make something happen. Dude. He could he could not get out. Baby. I could not believe the thing. Once he convinced an entire children's ministry, so we had a meeting and we were like, we need a better office. And he was like, well, the children's ministry has a pretty big closet. And then he convinced by by like the end of that workday, he convinced them to move all their stuff out of the closet and let us use it as an office. 
if you've ever worked in a church, you know that is some crazy stuff right there. Like, <laughs> people do not give up their territory, especially children's ministry. They need stuff. They need to store stuff, you know? But somehow he made that happen, like, instantly. Like, we thought about it, and before we even could really think it through, it was done. It was done, and we were, like, painting <laughs> the office, you know? Um, Ta-da! Here's your new office. If you look at my strengths finder results, my top five live in strategic and relational quadrants, and so and, and primarily relationship and empathy and um, relater. And I really want to stop doing the tasks and just spend time with people all the time. If someone needs something, I just want to sit down with them and talk to them for three hours. And so. My boss was sometimes frustrated with me because we had things to do. There were actual tasks that needed to be accomplished. And I was like, but church is about people. Let's just like drink coffee and love people. And sometimes I needed, I needed to be reminded that theory, there's, <laughs> there's work I was, I was supposed to be doing for my job. If we had not done Strengths Finders early on, we would never have made it. Like I, I never would have been able to stay in the job. He would have been so frustrated with me that I would have been fired or I would have been so frustrated with him that I would have quit. Like I I feel like 100% certain it would not have worked, but because we did strengths finder and we had some really good conversations around what he brings to the table and what I bring to the table, we started to understand maybe God was doing something with, with us being on the same team because my blind spots were his talent spots and his talents were my blind spots and we were able to really complement each other in a way where we had some really cool results for, for a good period of time um, for the season that I worked there. And, and when I look back on it, it's one of my favorite roles and one of the places where I felt the most honored in my work, in all of my professional life. And if you would have told me that in the first two months of my being there, <laughs> man, I was like, this guy, he does not know what he's doing. But he did. It's just that he was very different than me, incredibly different than me. And as soon as we were able to shift the paradigm into this is actually really good for our community, that, that we are different from each other. Instead of fighting each other all the time, we were able to kind of recognize the yin and yang that we brought to the ministry. Mm, yeah, yeah. And and it worked. It really worked, you know. And and because we did strengths finder, we had some language around that. He really made an effort to know me and understand what I needed to really be able to to live out who I'm designed to be in my role. And we made some shifts and he made some shifts and we, you know, like it was really good. And I've had roles since then where I wasn't really seen for who I really am, where people were just trying to plug holes and they were like, we need this test done. You do it. And I I could do it well, but I never felt, I, I have not yet felt seen in the same way that I did in this kind of like odd couple duo that we had for this season, you know? Um, it was just really a sweet season for me because not only did I feel like I was allowed to really live out who I am, but I also felt like I was seen and honored and affirmed and appreciated for who I am. And then I was, I was all in. And I think when we can do that on our teams, when we can give people language to say, that's not how I would respond to this, but I really value your perspective. Tell me a little bit more about how you're seeing this because you're seeing something that I'm not wired to see. All of a sudden, that tension point, there's still tension, but but there is value being spoken into that tension. Mm. And there there's intelligence being brought out brought in that out. tension. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like the inherent intelligence on your team is being extracted because you're recognizing we're in conflict here, there's something to learn. Instead of we're in conflict here you should fire that person. She's a jerk. You know, the, the, whoa, the, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So what you're saying is that out of this tension comes a massive benefit. Massive. I mean, that's in, that's a crazy paradigm shift because that, that's not most people's paradigm. You're right. Most people say, I hate that person. Let's get them fired. Let's do whatever we have to. Let's document. And they don't, they don't understand that tension, that there's some, that there's a gift to be given out of it. Right. I mean, this is not true for every tension. You know, a language of value will not solve your evil psychopath 
you know instances but most yeah. most tension is is born out of these these differences and um when we do collective intelligence when we have a second podcast around this we'll talk about a concept about guarding and growing but the basic idea of it is that be, based on how you're wired and gifted you're going to guard against certain things you're going to grow different things and we actually need people to be guarding their part of our company you know so for example um, someone who is in charge of the money, they need to guard the bottom line. And so they're going to be like, do we really have money to afford this? Is, this? is it important enough to give this much time and energy to that because it's going to cut into our profits? And then someone in your company is going to be like, all you care about is profits. You don't actually care about people. And, you know, that may <laughs> be true, may not be true, but their job is to guard against overspending. But then someone else's job is to, you know, develop staff. Developing staff is something that some, some companies, they can't wrap their mind around spending money on that for something like team dynamics or, or sending someone to a conference that or costs thousands training of dollars class. or a training class. Yeah. They feel like, just figure it out because we don't have money for that. Well, do you really have money for not that? Because <laughs> conflict and poor training cost your company money. Oh, so yeah. someone needs to guard against that, you know, and those people... When they are guarding, they are each guarding their own thing. They're actually each doing their job, and both those things are necessary. And that tension is important so that you can step in and see all the parts of something before you make a decision. If you only have your perspective, then you don't see all the parts of something. But if you don't value people who are different than you, then at the end of the day, you're only going to have your perspective because people will just be quiet and collect their paycheck and talk behind each other's backs about how much they all suck. <laughs> and then you have team conflict. And then the boss comes to me and says, what is this high school? What's wrong with these people? Why can't they just do their jobs? Yeah. And now we've come full circle. And we have come full circle. And, you know, obviously, you know, there are going to be some people in, and some of our listeners are going to be like, you know, Hmm. Maybe we could could we head this off at the pass? Is can this can we do something proactive in oh, this yeah. space? And as a matter of fact, you actually uh, there is a there is a, a a small startup here in town in Austin, and you actually helped them do that. I mean, you actually presented and trained them on this idea to help them pro proactively of right. you know help elicit the differences. And, uh, and yeah, Honestly, so it takes, it takes a very intelligent leader to invest in conflict prevention <laughs> <laughs> instead of like, Oh, my team is totally foobar. What can I do? I guess I'll pay money to have someone come in and help with our culture. Um, so you have to hand it like, I, I really appreciate leaders who will say, you know what? We have a new team. Let's set, let's set the tone right. And that is my favorite team to work with because you don't have time to have baggage yet. Right, you can right. You start from the beginning with the language of value. Wouldn't that be interesting? It's that so sounds cool. fun. Let's do I that. Really, um, I really <laughs> enjoy working with that team. I, I still I still work with them periodically as they hire new people and stuff. They use Myers-Briggs as their language of value and kind of create space for people to be who they are and to bring what they bring, and it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's bring this on in for landing. So we learned today that – your coworkers are not all evil. But sorry if they are. There's just that one. That one. <laughs> we learned that the fact that we are different, there's something massively to be there's something massive to be gained out of that, out of that tension where we see conflict and you know, if we're if we're very careful to examine it, if we're very careful to mine it, there there are diamonds to be held out of out of out of the out of that tension and i think that's a really cool idea that we just that we're not practitioners of as a culture in in the states in the corporate arena in the small business arena you know and i think these this is this is a new idea for most people right the idea that tension and and difference of opinion do not have to be toxic on a team is is mind blowing but also very exciting in some ways for yeah. a lot of people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, 
So, so the, these idea and the, the, the tool of that, and I think it's interesting that, you know, you, you know, you brought out, you know, you can kind of pick your poison, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different tools out there. There's Myers-Briggs, there is, uh, there's, uh, strengths finders, there's, you know, for tight teams, there's Enneagram, there's all kinds of other, you know, additional tools out there. Um, but you know, I think the critical point is that you, we start, we start with something, you know, and I think to have that shorthand to talk about, you know, differences and appreciate differences. Cause you know what? Most people don't appreciate, we are not trained, you know, classically to appreciate difference. You know, right. even, even with the whole diversity, multiculturalism, you know, emphasis that we had in like, in back in the, like in the nineties, we still, we just, we don't get it yet. <laughs> That's we a don't. whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. And you know, I mean, I know we're in like the sum up, but we're also not good at explaining our own differences sometimes. Mm, yeah. And so we try to pretend that we're not different. And it's not always because, because of what's happening in the culture. Sometimes it's just that we don't know how to explain what we see or what we need. And so using a tool like Enneagram or StrengthsFinder, Myers-Briggs, um, it gives us a shorthand also to say, you know what? What I'm really good at is this. And, you know, the tools actually give you the language to describe what you are good at and what you need and what you prefer. And that, that helps people also. Oh, yeah. Because I think, you know, companies that are willing to invest in the individual in that kind of fashion, I mean, you get all kinds of interesting benefits out of that deal. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, for sure. So, hey, let's bring this on in home for Atlanta. You have been listening to Creation Curve Leadership with Coach Ann Kimberly. Hey, come over and visit us at creationcurve.com. There's all kinds of fun stuff over there, including a new, fun, exciting values-based planner, by the way. That's right. uh, that's there and available. So you can schedule your time by your values. And what's your little slogan? <laughs> well, you want to live by your values live and not the your, clock. Live by your values, not by the clock. Yeah, it's a different it's a different idea. It'll be good for some. Some people won't like it, and that's okay because mm-hmm. we're all different, you know. Yep. <laughs> and hey, if you've been following along and you like this podcast, if you could rate us on iTunes, that would be so fantastic. That would be super key and Stitcher and Google Play. Yep. Yo, again, you can pick find your poison. us in a lot of places. We're all pick kinds your of poison. Places. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's team dynamics. It's fun and exciting. Yup. My favorite thing. Ah, my favorite thing. So that's the end. So yep. Peace. Okay, turn the mic off. All right. Can I guys? Do this. Let's do a quiz. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs>